Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. I'm so glad you joined me today as we continue talking about revival. We've been talking about characteristics of a heaven-sent revival. We're still going to be talking along those lines, but I'm adjusting the focus a little bit where that we're talking about emphasizing the Holy Spirit and revival. Because you see, there is no real revival apart from the Holy Spirit. Now, there might be a, uh, a, a religious, emotional-driven, uh, hyped-up religious event, but there is really no such thing uh, as revival without the Holy Spirit. And as I was uh, just uh, saying that, I thought of a, a very powerful quote from a, uh, a man, a Christian leader, uh, a revivalist by the name of R.A. Torrey. And uh, let me just read a couple of things that he said along these lines. Because you see, what we are needing today is not just a uh, an exciting religious event that has been planned and organized by a human religious committee. We need something from heaven. We need a heaven-sent revival. And R.A. Torrey, who himself was mightily used of God, saw some great revivals in America, Australia, and other countries of the world. Uh, he was the pastor for many years of Moody Bible Church. He was the president of Moody Bible Institute and uh, also was an associate of, of the famous evangelist D.L. Moody, but was a powerful Bible teacher and revivalist in his own right. And uh, But he made this statement. He said, we frequently have religious excitements and enthusiasm gotten up by the cunning methods and hypnotic influence of the mere professional evangelist or revivalist. But these are not revivals and are not needed. They are a curse and not a blessing. They are the devil's imitation of revival. Boy, those are strong words, are they not? And then another time he made this statement along the same line. He said, the most fundamental trouble with most of our present day so-called revivals is that they are man-made and not God-sent. Wow, isn't that powerful? They're man-made and not God-sent. They are worked up by man's cunningly devised machinery, not prayed down. Uh, that's in a book that I wrote called Revival Fire. It is only available uh, in our uh, online bookstore at eddiehot.com. It's not available on Amazon, but it is is available. It's available on Amazon and Kindle only, but it is available in uh, hard copy paperback in our uh, uh, online bookstore at eddiehot.com. It's called Revival Fire, Discerning Between the True and the False. But what he's saying is so true. I, I dare say that so many of so-called revivals are the products of human planning, scheming, and organizing. And such revivals will not change America, will not change any country, will not change culture. We need a heaven-sent revival that has come down in answer to prayer. And you see, uh, and what comes down is the Holy Spirit in a new and fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As we were talking yesterday about water being a type of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and revives and renews and brings new life and life 
again, and those rivers of living water began to flow. I want to read a passage I had thought I might read yesterday, but uh, we got we ran out of time. Uh, but it is also another one where uh, the symbol of water is used for the Holy Spirit. And this is John the Baptist, who we know was the forerunner of Jesus, the forerunner of the Messiah. God had prophesied through through uh, Micah, the, the final Old Testament prophet, and he said, I will send Elijah to you before the great and, and coming day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers. And so it was understood that that prophecy was about Elijah coming to usher in before and ushering in the coming of the Messiah. Now, we know that Jesus himself said that John the Baptist fulfilled that prophecy. John the Baptist came as a forerunner, ushering in the coming, preparing the people for their Messiah. And in Matthew chapter 3, it tells about John and his ministry, and he was out in the wilderness preaching, and uh, crowds of people, and it might be pointed out that, that he dressed. He he dressed very roughly. He lived in the wilderness like Elijah did. Um, he ate locusts, wild locusts and, and wild honey. He ate, he sustained himself, and uh, uh, he was clothed in camel's hair. And so he was a rough, rugged-looking, outdoors individual, uh, very similar to Elijah. And he was carrying out that that prophecy of, of Micah, he's ushering in the coming of the Messiah. Uh, we, we, we have to be careful that we don't judge people by, by their mannerisms and their outward appearance and so on, uh, because God can use anyone whose hearts is turned and pure towards him. And so in, in his ministry, he was preaching, calling the people to repentance, and he was baptizing the multitudes in water, turning no one away. The rich, the poor, everyone, uh, even the religious leaders coming out of, of Jerusalem, but most of them rejected uh, John the Baptist's message. But they did come out to hear him preach because he was causing such a stir. And one day as he was preaching, this is recorded in Matthew 3.11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, he's talking about Jesus, talking about the Messiah, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. By the way, the, bab the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo that means to soak, to cover, to immerse. And, and John made a comparison, a contrast with his baptism and the baptism of the coming Messiah. He said, I truly baptize you, soak you, cover you with water. And I do it for everyone, who, everyone who wants it, who responds to my message. This is for everyone. So he was baptizing everyone, regardless of their station in life, regardless of what town or what city where they're from, whether they're rich or poor, he's baptizing everyone who comes and receives it. And he says, I'm baptizing with water, but the one coming after me, he's going to baptize you, soak you, immerse you, cover you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In other words, the Messiah is going to usher in a whole new era of the Holy Spirit. No longer will the Holy Spirit only be given, as it was in the Old Testament, to certain special people. 
prophets, judges. No longer will the Holy Spirit only come at certain special times, such as the dedication of Moses' tabernacle and the dedication of Solomon's temple. No longer will the Holy Spirit only come to certain places, such as the temple and the tabernacle. But but the Holy Spirit is going to come and be poured out on all flesh, as Joel said in Joel 2, 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. The one coming after me, John said, he's going to baptize you. Everyone who will receive it and who will hear him. As you are responding to me in my message, if you respond to him in, in his message, he's got a baptism too. But it is a baptism with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His, his uh, statement about the coming Messiah was fulfilled. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Jesus, after his resurrection and before his ascension, he told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the promise was fulfilled, the promise of the Father. Uh, and that is in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So after he ascended, they went into an upper room, and there they waited. Yes, they had conversation. They had food. But primarily, they were waiting there in God's presence, focused on him, focused on his promise, spending time in prayer and supplication, as it says in verse 14 of Acts 1. And then the day came, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, a sound from heaven. You see, that's what we need today. Not another human planned religious event getting the best singers and the best preachers we can find. Now, all of that can be fine and good, but when it's simply a human orchestrated thing, it is not going to meet the need of the hour. We must have a new Pentecost, something from heaven. There was something from heaven, a sound from heaven. This was not uh, their audio-visual department producing these sounds. This was not an illustrated sermon. This was something from another world. And the church today needs something from heaven that will come down and renew and revive and baptize God's people once again in the Holy Spirit. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all, not just some of them, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with utterance uh, as the Spirit of God gave them, begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, someone might say, well, that was just it's for them. No, for, for shortly after this, Peter preached a sermon and he said that this was, and people were asking what's going on here because they left the upper room and they're out in the, in the open, in, in public at, at this time of this great festival when thousands of visitors were in Jerusalem. And they're speaking in tongues, and people from other countries are hearing them speak in their own language, and they're wondering what is going on. And Peter said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will prout my spirit on all flesh. In other words, Jesus, the Messiah, has ushered in this new era of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And then later in his sermon, uh, Jesus uh, or, or Peter called them to repent. 
He said, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise is to you, to your children, and all who are afar off. You and I are afar off, not only in time, but also geographically. But the promise is to you. The promise is to me. This baptism in the Holy Spirit that is given, Jesus said in Acts 1-8, to empower us to be his witnesses, to give us that supernatural power from on high that power from heaven, that power of the Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus to empower his church. Oh, I'm afraid that that in so many situations, so many churches, we have substituted our own programs and we become comfortable with our programmatic routines and formalities that we have put together and our own man-made rituals and celebrations and events instead of relying, leaning totally on God and thirsting after him and his Holy Spirit. And this is what revival is all about. It's when we turn to God and we say, God, all of our schemes and our plans and our programs It's not cutting it. It's not meeting the need of the hour. Lord, we seek you. Come, baptize us again. Fill your church once again with your Holy Spirit. Fill your temple today once again with the glory and the presence of God. Hallelujah. And let your life, let your people be revived once again with the life of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the A.A. Hype Podcast. If you want to read more about revival, check out my book, 1726. It will stir you. It will inform you. 1726, it's available on our website, eddiehyatt.com, and on Amazon. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.